You are listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 111, sponsored by Jim Hanley's Universe and the Netflix. When I say I'm in love, you best believe I mean I'm in love, L-U-V. Welcome to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast. It's episode 111. Uh, my name is Connor. I'm here with Ron. Hey. And Josh. Hello. And we are iFanboy.com. We like comic books. We read comic books. Every week we read the comics that come out. We pick the best one, write a review about it on the website, and talk about it on the podcast along with the other books of the week and other items of interest. Um, we just want to warn everybody that before we start, there's going to be spoilers. We're going to talk about the books and what happened in them. So if you haven't read your books yet, please pause the show and come back later so that we don't ruin your but don't complain to us if we do. Josh? Yes. I did have the pick. It was a doozy of a week. I don't know how I keep getting stuck with these, like, like I get, like, every good book that comes out. I looked and I was like, oh, it's the end of the Sinestro War, and I got a new Avengers and a Fables. And I was like, oh, and a scalp. It was like, it's, it's going to be it's gonna be hard. So I had a really hard time picking, but I eventually decided to go, uh, without regret, I might add, with Ultimate <laughs> Iron Man 2, number one. I can't wait to hear this. Yeah, no, I know. Really? I've, been, I've been on bated breath, exactly. <laughs> did, did either of you guys read this? Yep. Oh. No, okay. I, I, I got it purely because I wanted to see what sort of um, reclamation of the train wreck of the last series could have happened with it. Yeah, that's why I didn't buy it, because the first one was so awful. Yeah. You, guys, you guys both read through the whole first one. Yep. Yes. Oh, yeah. See, I didn't hate the first one. I, what I saw with the first one was that Orson Scott Card didn't know how to write comics yet. Sure. I, I, this should be probably a full disclosure. I'm a big, big fan of all the Ender books. I've read all of them. As as but, am I. But, I mean, okay. I, am, I am too. Yeah. So. Um, and I just think that he has this, he has this way of getting to the sort of like coming up with these characters who are, sort of like he has really scary bad guys, and sort of really sad altruistic good guys, and and I sort of see that coming through in this. That's what I kind of liked about it. Um, I have a feeling I'm the only person in the world who liked this book, and everyone is just going to skin me alive. But we're going to talk about Green Lantern in a minute. So just <laughs> wait. Jesus. And, we, and um, we probably should mention to everybody that none of us read Walking Dead in issues. And if we did, we probably would be talking about that now. But we'll talk about it when the trade comes out. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know what? I just – I really liked this book, and I really liked the first one. Uh, the, I liked the first issue of the first one. After that, I think it lost its way a little, but I thought it had promise. And what I think this is, this is coming back to um, – this is Orson Scott Card coming back to the character with a little better handle on how to make comic books and, and do things. And I just had fun with this. And then the, the other half of that, in addition to me really liking the way that, that Card writes um, – specifically, I like the way that he does characters. I think he's really good at that. Um, and he's also really good at, at big, large sort of it's suspenseful sort of inner conflicts and things like that. Um, but I also I really like Iron Man. I've always really liked Iron Man, but I haven't really liked reading Iron Man in Marvel Comics lately. So it's, to me, um, this got to the heart of of the stuff that I do like about Iron Man. But I'm also just like before, I was really impressed that there's just a whole other story. Like it's a completely different approach. Whereas a lot of the Ultimates are just slightly skewed. Like this is just a, like a completely different take on what it is that Iron Man. Even though the character's essence is still basically this. What is the approach then? Um, well, the, the conceit is that instead of being a self-made man, his father was a brilliant scientist. Um, 
and so is his mother, and his mother got young Tony infected with something that caused him to feel great pain all the time, so his, which killed her because she had it too. And so his father developed this, like, um, I guess it's like nanotechnology. There's the nano um, that, that covers his skin at all times and protects him from that, but it also caused – he regenerates uh, – that was actually what the what the origin the disease was supposed to right. do, allow him to regenerate tissue, but it made him super super sensitive. Um, so he's also got this this uh, sort of skin over him. So that, he cries at the drop of a hat, and he yeah, you know, likes, so he's a big uh, wussy. Yeah. He's like um, um, but, uh, Samuel Jackson in um, in Unbreakable. No, well, oh. no, no, not at all. Okay, I don't think <laughs> at least somewhat similarly to that, where that he's easily. No, wasn't yeah. there- no, it's more like the character from the um, the X is it ecstatics. Yes, yes, uh, yes. The really sensitive guy with the with the with the tendrils. Mister yeah. Sensitive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, him. yeah, yeah it's okay. more like that. Got it. Okay. Um, and uh, and so base and so he builds the Iron Man armor, and it's it's supposed to make sense for him because he can't really be hurt in the same way. So if anything goes wrong, but his buddy, you know, Rhodey is also in a suit because that's the War Machine. Um, I don't know. I just I just really like this as a different take on what Iron Man was, and still sticking to you know we've talked about this like the core of what the character is and what it means. You miss Iron Man. I do miss Iron Man a lot, and I think that I don't read his regular book, and I don't really know why. I've never really heard with any sort of um, unanimity that it was any good. I hear here and there people saying it was good, but um, I would just think I'd hear it more often. But you know, I've liked I've liked Stark a lot lately in Brubaker's Captain America. But besides that, I don't. Well, I don't know. Well, yeah, I mean, but do you, I mean do you, you don't read the current title? So I mean, no, I know that. Yeah, yeah. But so I'm I mean, saying, I, I don't know if Brubaker's writing them any different than anybody else's. I don't read it either, so I don't know. You know. Well, but, that's what I'm saying. I I I probably I guess I should check it out at some point, but I have a feeling that it's not going to be. It's not going to be what I want, for whatever reason. Right. Because I don't. How think will they, you know until you try it? I don't know, but they, I don't think that they. I don't. Maybe think you should know try what, it. I don't think. I just <laughs> said that. Will you to try it? <laughs> Come on, give it a shot. <laughs> it's gonna be that kind of show, huh? Why is it I'm always like it's I'm I like I'm sitting here and you two are looking at me with like arms folded, just like uh huh. No, uh-huh. I mean that, that, we're, I'm sure. te- we're teasing. We're teasing that. But um, I mean, I've got this file here, Josh, that says you should try the book. <laughs> but doesn't it feel like? But here's the thing: Tony Stark is being made into in the regular Marvel universe. He's being made into this giant. Uh, important character of everything, yep. but at the same time, nothing that happens in his book seems to matter in the other books. Who knows? We none of us read it. <laughs> it, does, it, it really could. It could be the missing. It piece. could be really important. We don't know. <laughs> right, but you don't see big, huge, broiling threads about what happened in his book. You see big, broiling threads about what he did in New Avengers or what he did in New Avengers Illuminati. Right. So he seems to like whatever is happening in his his book his solo book doesn't seem to really have any doesn't matter in the in the greater marvel universe whereas what he's doing in the avengers books seems to i think it depends on how big how deep you want to go because if you look back at civil war and you look back at the aftermath of civil war all the all the political maneuvering that got him the shield position happened in his book okay so and and but the thing was that they wrote the stories in avengers and stuff like that so we're just like Tony Stark's in head of Shield. That makes perfect sense, you know. Right. But like, well, but if you wanted to go deeper into why that happened, it happened in his book. So, you know, well, then so, the, the other yeah. point of it though being is that I don't like where Tony Stark is right now in the Marvel right. universe. Yeah. So, which is one of the reasons that I really did like this because it doesn't have all that baggage about him with all the stuff. He's not responsible for the Civil War in the Ultimate Version. Are you kind of sick of that by now? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I've I've had enough of that. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, the Tony Stark that's in the Ultimates. 
he's more he's actually he's it's this Tony Stark I guess. Well, that, that and that's that that's the real crux of the issue and the, my real problem with this book in the and with the first series and with this one. Although I gotta admit, this one was better than the first series. This one was way better. Out of the gate, it, it was it was better because because the the thing was is that the the. It's the same. It's the same conceit of Iron Man is that his father, ha- his parents have a, a big, uh, a big company, uh, technological company, and Tony Stark is a is a is a young genius. I mean, like in the regular Marvel universe, he he was you know graduated at like fifteen or something like that, and then you know and then inherited the company and then worked from there, you know, and then in the same kind of situation where he's pr- proven himself to be very very smart and very adept. They've just removed the war aspect and getting injured and building the suit around that, and they replaced it with like what you said, like the 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 the, the disease, which is very very smart. My problem with it is that this the last series in this series, and maybe I'm being impatient, but I don't feel like it's the same Tony Stark that's in Ultimates. Really? Yeah. And he, I feel like he's, he's much younger, though. He's yeah, he's much. Yeah, he's much younger and all things. But the problem is that this book takes place kind of like now. You no, know, not necessarily. Well, it seems. I mean, his dad's in prison and they're talking on cordless phones. Yeah, well, we've I mean, had cordless phones for a good couple true, of decades. True, true, true. No, but I mean, but but the thing is that I guess I guess this book really has a has a uh, um, it doesn't matter what time it is. It's timeless in that way. But the thing is, the technology is way way advanced. Okay, well, say this. Take take it like this. Okay, a just take that the Marvel Ultimate Universe is much more technologically advanced than ours. Obviously. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now say that this this Tony Stark in here is say eight years younger than the one in the Ultimates. No, he's got to be way younger. He's got to be the one All in the right. Ultimates is at least in his late thirties. Well, then this. I don't one, think that's yeah. necessarily true. No, well, I, don't I think either. so. I mean, when I look at the one in the Ultimates, he's in his thirties. That's how I see it. And this and this guy's this guy's you know sixteen seventeen. That's how I read it. Well. Maybe, but so. even so, like, you know, is 2007 that much different than, than 1996? Yeah, well. I mean, really? I mean, it's not. Yeah, no. Not okay. that, yeah, it's no. not. See, that doesn't bug me. Right. I, I mean, the, the, th- the thing is, is that the, the, the first series was such, was, went so far back and didn't, like, if, if the, and it only had glimmers of what the Tony Stark is now, at least this one had, like, the suit starting to look familiar and you're starting to see kind of, you know, kind of ties in there. And so it, this wasn't bad. This wasn't as bad as the first one. Um, it, it, I, I thought, <laughs> but then you're saying it's still bad. Well, no, I didn't think it was that great. Um, pa- Pascal Ferry's art I thought was great. I thought it was really, really that good. Was, I thought that was fantastic. The yeah. Q, Q, Andy Q, or I think Andy Kubert was on the first one. Yeah. And I've no, I've never really loved him all that much. I really I just I dug this book. This was for me a fun superhero comic. This is what I look for in a good superhero but, comic. And it was also like cool. a fun origin. So yeah, that's cool. I mean, yeah, that I mean that's totally. I mean that that's that's not arguable. You know. So, yeah. Um, um, I like it. I'm looking forward to the best. I think that cards gotten better, and I like this version of Iron Man. I want to know more about it. So that's why I picked it. Cool. Um, Let's go on to what everybody else in the world would have picked, because but you you all happen to get me on this week. <laughs> Ron, would you have picked Green Lantern twenty five? Um, you know, I don't know. I, I it would have been it would have been tough. It would have been close. It was really good. It it, it paid off. I mean, if you ask, yeah. it, it, I mean, it, it totally. Or if it you, will in three years. If you if you looked at if you looked at the 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 um. The build-up with the Sinestro War. I mean, this was a climax, and this had a lot going on, and and it was a lot of activity. Um, I got I got a little hung up. There are two things that hung up on that that I got hung up on was that I thought the art was really really good, and I guess Ivan Reese and Vance Giver did pages. I mean, did they? Yeah, t- yeah. yeah, yeah. So I couldn't I couldn't even tell who did what. So yeah, me neither. Um, but every now and then it would go full splash page or horizontal, right. or mm-hmm. and and like it 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 became. 
it, it became an effort to read, which isn't a yes, bad thing. Really? It was involved. It was. I was. No, I, I felt like that. I was lost yeah. a couple of times, and, I got, and, and I got, also like I got tired. Word well, word balloons are coming from people, and I had to really try to figure out who was talking to who and yeah. what was happening. Like the pages were so full and so dense sometimes that I actually just wanted to breathe a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. You guys are nuts. No, 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 no. Don't, I, get, um, don't get me wrong. I, I'm not. I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm saying like it. it I, like it was. It, it was a challenge, but like it, I had me enthralled. Like I couldn't put this down. So. It's funny because we went to comic book store, Josh and I, and I'm like, I pick it up and I tell Josh, Jesus, this took forever. I mean, like, this this series started off so strong in the beginning of the beginning of the summertime with the with the special that came out that everybody loved, and then it just seemed to drag on forever. This whole Sinestro core, yeah. part eleven, you know, that's too many parts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was really looking forward to this issue for anything just to end it. Yeah, I was really ready to move on, but this was like coming back to the first special issue. This was like breathlessly exciting there was a lot of emotion there was a lot of just there was a lot of like ron talks about those moments where you go yeah, yeah like there's a lot totally. of those moments like the the uh the depowered sinestro hal jordan kyle rayner fight was mm-hmm. awesome it was great um the the fighting back when all you know all odds are lost and, the and co- it's just, coast city, like coast city putting coast green lights put out you know like when green lantern tells everybody to evacuate coast city and as opposed to leaving they just all put green they just uh you know put green whatever over their lights to make it look like this mm-hmm. the city's light lit up green it was awesome yeah see what jeff johns has done with this book is he's 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 taken green lantern and said hey guys remember uh the green lanterns are badass like yeah. They are the most powerful people in the DC universe, and when there's a huge freaking war with all of them, it's really exciting. And that hasn't happened in a lot of years. Green Lantern has been sort of relegated into the background, and this just shows that they are like the supreme uh, people in the universe. It, it totally, it totally and, did, and in, in this specific story, I mean, like the, there were just so many fights and so many battles. The only criticism I have is that the guy Gardner getting sick towards the end thing. Mm-hmm. Like unless that's a plot thread for more down the road or whatever. Like I felt that was like one. Like that was the one thing I thought was like I was like, all right, do we really need this one? You know, that was cool because it allowed you show the little tiny yeah. little Green Lantern. It's that true. was yeah, awesome. That was pretty cool. But um, but so, but so now we see we see ramifications, and I've got to admit that I like the direction this is taking, and that we finally find out what the Book of Oa was prophesizing and what what could happen, and it's right. the idea of spinning out all these different Lantern cores based on different colors. Which right. I gotta admit, when that one page when they showed all the different lanterns, like the seven different lanterns of the, and the the purple of love and the red of anger, yeah. and all, I was just like, oh, that's fucking cool. I thought that was yeah. really cool. And it, yeah, it's awesome, and it also yeah. sets up for now. Now we've got this. We know something bad is coming. Yep. So you got this. You're gonna have the sense of an ease now for the next year and because in 2009, the 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 prophecy's gonna come true and the blackest night's gonna happen. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the black lantern. Um, so this you know, this set up a lot of stuff. It was epic. It was exciting. One of the things I I didn't go for on this one is that – I mean one that – I felt like there was a lot of good stuff in there, but in the middle there was a lot of other stuff happening that it was just – it was just – I guess – I don't know. Maybe I just feel like it was too much. But one of the things about this book was for the first time in this whole thing, I started and I felt like I'd missed something. And I had because I hadn't been reading the other parts, but up until now it hadn't mattered. Oh, I didn't get that so feeling like, at all, yeah. I didn't think that at all because I've, I've, I've only been reading Green Lantern. Yeah, me too. And then, yeah. at, the en- and then at the end, I, I 
it looked like they took care of all the bad guys, and at the end, like every one of them came back. Yeah, like, that was the one thing that kind of got me. Like that, I was, was like, come on. The end kind of got me because because we wa- we pretty much watching a full page splash page each guy getting defeated, but then uh-huh. then in the kind of epilogue in the Lord of the Rings esque epilogue. That you find out that no prime is just in the multiverse, and and the anti monitor. Well, that's comics. That's well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, comics. yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. They'll come back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's tried and true. That's that's. Yeah. So, that way, you know, in the back of your mind, they can show up again at any moment. At least let it rest for a little while. Well, they will. It's going to be like two years. So, yeah. yeah, they're not going to yeah. see them again until probably the Blackest Night thing. But now here's my here's, say, here's my issue right. here's my issue with all that is that we we've heard all the interviews and we've and read all the stuff and and Jeff Johns and Ethan Van Skyver describe you know the re- Greenland rewrote like Star Wars and Sinestro Corps like their Empire Strikes Back and the next one's going to be like Return of the Jedi in their trilogy but like this didn't end on a down like I didn't end on a down note I didn't feel the, the See, si- we had this we had this big epic argument on the on the iFanboy forums today and I completely disagree with that yeah it totally ended on a down note oh I don't know it, it, it seemed, did Sinestro 1 it's absolutely a down note Sinestro 1 he got what he wanted he's smiling in jail yeah he, he yeah. enabled them to have lethal force now so that the world the universe will fear them and they all the Green Lanterns think they've won, but in reality they haven't won because the Blackest Night's coming. Right. No, and he I absolutely I, won his entire. Sinestro won the war. And the most brilliant thing about that, the really the most brilliant thing about this was Sinestro. Sinestro is the best part about this whole thing for me because it, at the end when he's like, "No, no, you did exactly what I wanted." I won. I was like, "That is that is smart writing. That's yeah. good yeah. stuff." All right. Yeah, I can see that. I was really impressed by that. I guess I was overwhelmed by the. Yeah, the, no, they, they, I, they lost. I, I, I was overwhelmed by the positive, you know, Green Lanterns flying over Coast City and as a, well, yeah, the thing yeah. is, they they think they won, right. but we know they lost. That's right. a, that's a, that's downer side of it. I see what you mean. I they see. think they think everything's all happy and light, but in reality, we know that in the background they're screwed. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. I'm with you. Okay. Uh, someone needs to cut uh, John Stewart's hair, Josh. You're right about that. Yeah. Um, I mean, seriously, what is he, is he in the is he in the Hammer entourage? Is he going to have those weird pants? Because what the hell? Uh, have these people never met a black man since 1988? In the in the uh, other cover, the Gary Frank cover, he had normal hair and it was okay. much better. At the yeah. very I, end, I'm looking at him like, really? Yeah. I actually didn't hate Kyle on this. I'll be honest with you. Well, oh my you, god. Yeah. We, no, no, we just made progress. Somebody marked that down. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus! I like him as Hal's sidekick. Yeah, yeah, he was good as a sidekick. That's what he did. He's, yeah. he's like his Robin. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! You can see Guy Gardner tell him to go wash his car. <laughs> yes. Um, I also really loved Green Arrow, Black Canary number three this month. Oh my god! I, you know how we were sad when Green Arrow ended. I'm not sad anymore. No, I'm. I'm. This is. This is like, I. I. I you know, like I finished reading it, and I was just like, you know, not only did they wrap up that whole thing that we thought was going to be draw, drawn out, and we, we find out how they took them, what happened, story resolved, everything's all nice, and then boom, it punches you in the face. It was, <laughs> oh, it was great. It was so so good. Oh man, man. <laughs> See this? The, the great Josh opened the show saying how great the week was, and it really was. And this this week, I, I after I finished my book, I, I said, you know. Probably three of the four best books that DC's putting out came out this week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, between Green Arrow, Green, Black Canary, Green Lantern, and I think and Booster Gold, which we'll talk about later. I think add add Vertigo into that, and they're yeah. they're just batting a thousand. Yeah, no, because they. Right, have... I'm talking about the superhero the superhero yeah. side. Those are the best superhero books that DC's putting out. Yeah. Um, these are the Green Arrow, Green Lantern. These are the two of the best, and 
the I can't even get enough of of of, of the artwork in this book. I, I I I totally agree with you. When at the shot of Ollie in his new costume at the end, yes. I was just like, oh man, you know, like Cliff Chang is doing something really really special with this book, where it's expressive and he's doing the action well, but it's you know it's obviously comics, you know what I mean? Like it's it's just really really and the you know like I'm just which every scene whether it's just dialogue like you know scripting a conversation or or the you know like when they did the butch and sundance kid jump off the cliff yep. you know and like and black canary fighting with the amazons it was just every page of this was a delight it was really really good so and jeff uh judd winnick has just got a he's got a brilliant handle on this family um and josh they're culling the herd they're getting rid of their, uh, i heard they got rid of uh one who's who everybody wishes your name was spelled like. Well, we don't yes. know. We don't know. It just the, the cliffhanger was that it it, it it ends with they freed Ollie from the Amazons. They got away and they're all they're set, they're on the boat and they're kind of and Ollie's kind of having an emotional moment and then all of a sudden, literally out of nowhere, there's a shot and fucking Connor Hawk goes down through the heart. <laughs> and, well, I, I gotta admit, at this point, I am regretting this. Why? Regretting what? I, I didn't buy it. I oh. read it. I said, I said, well, well only three. Yeah, no, you can find I, it. You can totally find it. Yeah. No, I know that. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll pick up the trade, or I'll, or maybe I'll try to find hunt down it's, the issue or whatever. Really, it's really, it's one of the best superhero books going right now. I, I mean, it's I've been, I've been, a, I've been a staunch critic of Judd Winnick for years. Um, yeah. and the superhero stuff and this I don't like what you're doing with your life <laughs> get yourself together man but I gotta admit that this is completely like, are you gonna eat that <laughs> this is completely <laughs> this is completely redeemed in my eyes it's, it's so good no, he's, he's, he is so made for this it's ridiculous yeah so. um, but I would I would have had a hard not a hard time but I would have been Really tempted to pick that book for pick of the week if I had the, if I had to pick over. Yeah, I mean, oh, and the, t- the tough thing when you're doing that is that it, it's it's hard not to pick it every time it comes out. You know? Well, in that same vein, a, a close call for me was was Fable sixty eight. Um, I don't I, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but I've mentioned this every time it's come out for the past four or five months. Yes, um, <laughs> yes, we have. It, it's just like it's still. I hate to use this really tired cliche, but you know that that roller coaster that keeps ratcheting up mm-hmm. and up. And up, and you're wondering when that crest is going to happen. Right. Um, and it just every issue is like, okay, this the next one's going to be when it happens. And and this one really pulled that to the to, to the farthest extreme. And I think whatever has so to had, happen. You had the uh, Punisher moment. I don't know. What the that uh, in, in Daredevil when it was ratcheting, 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 and the end of the Punisher, and that was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's basically this this storyline, the Good Prince, which is again, it's to wrap up sort of the first epoch of this story. I think um, is just it, it, the good guys are going to meet the bad guys in in the next issue, and in, in, in like the you know are they going to have a dance off. You know the moment where the hero realizes, and everybody else realizes. The point when the hero like pretty much says, "I'm going to go off to my death now," or something yeah. like that, and that's kind of what's happening. But what's happened is that uh, it's about uh, Flycatcher, and he becomes a king of this area in uh, where he's taking back lands from the adversaries and the homelands, basically. Um, and they can't defeat him. The adversary keeps sending hordes and hordes and hordes. He's, he's wrecking all the armies, um, not even through violence, but just his own power. And it just 
like they can't figure out what to do and and you're really coming to love this character who you kind of liked before but they just imbue him with all this uh just just he's just a wonderful wonderful person and and then you see how it has to happen he's going to have to sacrifice himself or this, that's what it seems like and it it's you know at this point like that becomes really really sad because you don't want to see that and this is just this story hasn't had a weak point it's been fantastic um and so you know i think the book has to change in some way after the story's over um, and that's not necessarily bad, but uh, it's just been great. This was very nearly my pick of the week, except, you know, what I've said about it was the same thing that I said about it last time and the time before. So it's not. It's like really- the uh, Captain America X Machina Daredevil syndrome. Uh, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Um, but it's just been fantastic. Uh, can't say more good about it. Excellent. Yes. Awesome. So um, I can say good things about Jim Hanley's universe, though. Uh, well, there you go. <laughs> um, Jim Hanley's Universe is uh, one of the best comic book stores out there, um, and they're a proud sponsor of iFanboy. Um, so we thank them. And if you are we looking, we think they're proud. We think they're we proud. We, we hope they're proud. No. Um, so if if you're in the New York City area and you're looking for comics, Jim Hanley's Universe is the place to find it all. Um, they've got you know superhero comics and indie comics and all that good stuff. Um, they are where art and literature meet. Uh, they've got two locations. Their first one is in uh, Manhattan, in Midtown Manhattan on 33rd Street, across the street from the Empire State Building. And their second one is at 325 New Dorp Lane in Staten Island. Um, so drop in the store, buy something, and when you buy something, tell them my fanboy sent you. Um, you can also find them online at jhuniverse.com, or you can go to their MySpace page at myspace.com forward slash Jim Haley's Universe. Uh, they, they have tons of events going on. They have creators in there doing signings and stuff like that. Um, it's really, really one of the good comic book stores in the country, and um, we thank them for supporting us. And uh, we encourage you to shop there. So, Ron, where are you coming to us from? Are you like in Kansas by now? Or what's I that? am actually in Utah. It's been it's been a slow it's been a slow week. It's been a slow week. Because it was rough on you. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Well. You know. Uh, there, there's some a couple guys in suits had a book they wanted me to read and I got I got I got held up so um, <laughs> but anyway <laughs> how weird <laughs> all the things they would have done I know it was amazing uh, Booster Gold number five. Uh, is also one of the best superhero books DC's putting out, uh, very quietly, I think. Um, in this issue, Booster Gold learns a tough lesson about time travel. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I wish that that was, the, that was like the uh, solicitation. In this issue, <laughs> Booster Gold learns a tough lesson about time travel. He does, and it's pretty awful. He basically goes back in time to save Barbara Gordon from the Joker. Um, you mean crippled by the Joker, and he can't because he learns that some things you can't change. No matter what you do, um, he, he goes back over and over and over, so you're constantly seeing this awfulness happen over and over and over That's just again. because of DC editorial. Did, uh, yeah, well. The great overlord they yeah, I mean, that he yeah. can't. He's told he's told that uh, t- you know whatever Rex Hunter R- Rip Hunter whatever the hell Rip Torn whatever Rip his Hunter. name is Rip Hunter tells him that um, <laughs> throwing confetti at him. <laughs> no, that's that's um, that's not Rip Torn. That's um, Rip Torn is on no, Gary Shandling. Yeah. Oh, who's the confetti oh. guy? Fuck. Rip Taylor. Rip practice? Taylor. That's what it is. Yeah, I love the confetti guy. He cracks me up. Hello. No, that's ah, <laughs> no, that's no, that's, <laughs> that's Charles Nelson <laughs> Riley. I'm sorry. Hello. Okay, enough. <laughs> What are, anyway, what are we, 50-year-old fans of The Tonight Show? What's going oh. on? But, um, so he gets told that Barbara Gordon's supposed to be leading the JLA and that he's got to go save her, and he fails. And like Connor says, he, he, he got, gets it in his head that he's got to, you know, he can't let her down, and so many people need her. And so he keeps getting beat up and saying, he goes to Rip, send me back, send me back, send me back. And he fails every time, and, and Rip does this to point out that some people, there are some points in time that are supposed to happen, i.e. Ted Cord dying. Um, he's trying to get Booster out of the mode of saying that I've got to go save Blue Beetle. Um, 
what I was really impressed by this issue was I thought the art was the best this issue's been yet. The art was was really good, um, and he recreates a bunch of panels from, from I, Killing Joke. That's what I was just going to say. Did you notice that when really the moment he went back to the Killing Joke, it was a very Alan Moore-esque layout, and not only was it, it, it looks like he picked up the exact panels, but also the layouts and all that kind of stuff, which I thought was amazing. Yeah, the art the art style changes. He he very closely mimics Brian Bolland, um, and it was really powerful because it's an awful it's an awful scene. It's awful, yeah. yeah. And uh, especially the stuff they don't show, like the, all the sexual stuff. And uh, but I love it's, how- and it's, it's emotional because when he when he hits rock bottom, he I mean the Joker just beats the shit out of him every time he goes. Yeah. Um, and it's just it was really really strong. And, really and, and so so it ends with you know Rip putting it through his thick skull that he can't save Blue Beetle and the last page of the cliffhanger of all the Blue Beetles other than Ted Cord appearing going but you're wrong now Booster help us <laughs> <laughs> so I mean yeah this is here's the yeah. rules just kidding yank agreed it's very quiet Jeff Johns is really he, he owns I think in my book three of the four best DC superhero books oh uh, without a doubt he with, right, right now Jeff Mr. Johns Gold, Lantern and Justice Society yeah right now Jeff Johns is DC as far as I'm concerned they've got a lot of problems yeah. there if you ask me with some of the other books and stuff like that And but anything Jeff Johns done is total gold it's total total gold yep. so um so, so I've been really, as we talked about last week, I've been really excited about the Messiah Complex um, storyline, and I hadn't heard that. And I would love That's... to, I would love to say that um, that the consistency went, but I was a little disappointed with X Factor Twenty Six. Woohoo! I skipped it. A um, little disappointed, Connor. Do you do you share the thought or no? Um, I actually, when you when you wanted to bring this on the, on the show, I thought I don't really have a lot to say about it. Yeah, like, yeah, there wasn't really much to say about it. It kind of was the same as the last issue. Well, it was um, it, it was tough because well the the art was really really good at times and then also really bad at times like like I don't know why they insisted on drawing Patrick Stewart as as uh, you took the words right you took person. the words you took the words right out of my mouth but I thought that it did deal with the fact that um the one of the big problems with Uncanny last week was that how you know how would Cyclops go after his son and it actually had Xavier you know saying that and I thought it dealt with that issue really well it's just that I thought some of the um some of the Madrox stuff was a bit rough that's all. Uh, yeah, and I, and yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm guessing Peter David is frustrated by this crossover. That's all I'm going to say. But I still love it, so it's okay. So uh, it, was, it wasn't bad. It was just it was the most non exciting. Yeah. I I skipped this one and the last one, and I, I'm just worried that I'm going to miss like the reveal about Layla Miller or something like that. But, well, we find out that she is a mutant, but but they they're in the future and they have a scanner and they're like, oh, she's not a mutant, and then the scanner goes, no, she is a mutant, and and that's part of her whatever her power is that sometimes she's not right. a mutant, which I don't really get either. And she's a man. And she's a man. <laughs> and um, she's his father. Um, but anyway, so whatever. Messiah Complex rolls on. Part and she's a sled. <laughs> part 11. Um, a little bit of disappointment, but it's all right. But you know what wasn't a disappointment was, um, Josh, you, you were a fan of the Thor, um, Thor, Walt Simonson Thor run, right? Yes, but I barely remember it right now. Okay. <laughs> do, do you remember uh, the Frog Thor? No. Oh. Well, Frog Thor is back in Spider-Man Family number six. Um, Chris Eliopoulos wrote and drew an issue. Um, Spider-Man Family, you know, out of continuity, kind of for kids book. Um, but Spider-Man stumbles upon Loki's turn, Thor into a frog. And the frog picks up the hammer and turns into Frog Thor. And Spider-Man and Frog Thor team up against Loki. And it was just, this is like similar in the way of like what, you know, reminding you of what good comics are. 
Um, uh-huh. This totally like, even though it's you know kind of stuck in Spider-Man family and is more you know aimed at the kids kind of thing and not really you know kind of our uber you know like continuity following stories, you could pick up this issue and and re- I mean it's expensive because it's 104 I- pages, but um, this one issue, this 22 page story was just a blast to read. And so um, and what's really cool is that Eliopoulos is drawing Spider-Man almost like an Eric Larson-y kind of style, and. Mm-hmm. At various points, not only does he play homage to Simonson with the with the Frog Thor, but like there's one panel where Spider-Man saves somebody, gets him out of the way, and it, he it's the Amazing Fantasy number fifteen cover pose. Uh-huh. Yeah, so it's like neat little nods like that, and it was just kind of true, like kind of love of comics, you know. So um, I, dug I think it. I need to read my my Simonson Thor book again. I think you do too. It will be brought on the subway, and eventually it will show up on a video show. I'm not saying when. <laughs> but, it could um, be a long time. <laughs> but but uh, speaking of Thor, um, uh, I when I opened the page of New Avengers number 37, I kind of forgot where New Avengers ended out. And the recap page had that great shot of all the heroes led by Thor. And I was just like, oh, yeah, this is where we are. And it was more good stuff, you know. Really? Yeah, I loved it. I thought it was great. I thought this is uh, New Avengers just continues to be the best book, uh, similar in the way that you know stuff Jeff Johns is doing. I think New Avengers is where it's at in the Marvel universe. For if you're looking at just the Marvel universe, you know. So. I didn't love this issue. Oh yeah. I liked the beginning yeah. and I liked the end. Oh, yeah. I liked it a lot. The middle was the middle was kind of blah. Yeah, oh, I, I thought, really I thought like, it was a good. I thought it was a good chaotic fight. I thought it was just it was it was almost like at, at the end of the fight when they're all like, "Oh, that's exactly what I needed." I was just like, I, I agreed with them. I was like, you know, like you, you know what threw me off in this? It was a moment. Did Wolverine stab the dude in the belly? Uh, he might have. Is he is he allowed to do that? Fuck yeah, he's Wolverine. I know, but I, I mean, yeah, he cuts people. Huh? Yeah, he cuts. I guess. People. Yeah. You don't, I just you, didn't. You, you I, don't tussle with Wolverine. You're gonna get scratched. I, well, he's the best he is at what he does. Yeah. I just, you know, I mean, yeah. that, that I, makes I thought, sense logic. I, I thought the obviously. I thought the action was really. I thought the yeah. I see the page you're talking about where he, he stabbed the dude. You see the chuck sound effect. I thought the action was really good, and I thought again. I thought Lionel Yu's art is getting more and more tighter and. It, you know, I thought the art was really, really good, and like, and the action was paced really well. And we found out a little about about, about the hood, which I thought was. Uh, I, yeah. I got to tell you, I really want to know more about the hood. Yeah, so. they, they've made him very interesting to me. I really enjoyed uh, the stuff, uh, the stuff with Wrecker. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I thought this was kind of lackluster, but I thought the ending really redeemed it in terms of excitement. That was really cool. Yep, totally. Um, yeah, um, I wanted to mention uh, real quick, uh, Scalped number twelve. Basically, we've been stuck in the same moment now for about three months, yeah. and I don't even care. No, because uh, we, holy we God, the art, the art from John, is a guest art from John Paul Leone, which yes, was great. Um, who's if you're gonna have a fill in, is is probably a damn good choice. Yeah. Now, just what this was is is uh, I don't want to say because I know it's the Indian Pride issue, really. Yeah, but, but the thing is, this is a dream flashback issue. And yeah. and there's nothing that's going to make me run screaming from a story faster than the dream that has significance issue, but I didn't mind it with this, and and I think that says a lot to it. You know, like I remember they used to do that on The Sopranos, and I hated The Sopranos dream. Oh, the dreams are the best. Oh God, I hated those. Um, but th- like the next issue, the shit has to hit the fan. I don't see how it can't not. Yeah. Oh no. So he's well. The the bad horse is about to find out his mom's dead. So yeah, and we we found out. Well, I was trying not to say. <laughs> 
Yes, she did. That's what I was going to say. I almost That's right. I was going to call you about that because I was like, oh, my God, the last page. Yeah. Just a scalp sitting there. Ooh, it's grisly. Anyways, I, this was just one more good issue. I mean, when I say good, I mean it was really friggin' excellent. Well, this is this is one of the ones that makes you feel really m- more awful about everything that's happened to Indians. Yes, that's true. It also he basically takes this journey in his brain, in his dream through the through the history of the Indians. The horrible, all the horrible things that have happened to Native Americans, and it, you know, like it's a pretty brave stance to take from a. a a white dude who's writing it, I guess, is what I'm. We don't know his ethnicity. Well, I mean, just for the most part. Um, I have no idea. Do you? I've heard him in interviews. I don't tend to. He doesn't. I've I've never heard him say that he's Native American, and he said he had to do research on it and stuff like that. So I don't think that that was the case. But either way, he's writing believable characters. So uh, I don't. It doesn't matter who's writing it because I I'm buying it. The whole thing. I just like this issue a lot because even in the midst of this whole dream thing, it fleshed out uh, who Bad Horse is mm-hmm. and what he's like and a little bit of where he comes from. Um, you know, just another another really really good one. I and I'm I'm mad at more people for not buying this book. And I guess I should include myself in that up until recently. Nightwing one thirty nine. Uh, took what was the possibly one of the worst issues of Robin last month uh, and totally redeemed it, made made the character make sense. Uh, Fabian Nicieso, I don't normally read. Uh, you were really down with this in the last issue too. Yeah, he's really he really he's really good at this. He's really good at, at Nightwing and DC side things. Which just right <laughs> Where were you when he was on Thunderbolts for nine years and no one cared? Well, he wasn't writing Nightwing then. Yeah, that's true. Um, last in the Robin issue, Robin was all mopey and he was going to join forces with Raza Ghoul to resurrect his family, and then you were like, "What?" So I was <laughs> absolutely out of character. That was a Vader uh, one, dude. That was a total Vader one. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, but then this one, he somehow turns around and has it makes somewhat more sense, and he writes a really great Nightwing and the art from uh, Wayne Kramer, who's just getting down I mean, Don Kramer, who's just getting better and better with every issue he draws. Isn't it neat to see that happen? Yeah, we're like, it's like watching it unfold right in front of us, and it's really, really, really good in this one. Um, and he actually, did, this is the best part of this Ra's al Ghul crossover has been the Nightwing issues. This, this is this is no exception. Uh, next, unfortunately, Fabian is not staying on the book. Next week, next month, Peter Tomasi takes over, but the art is going to be from Rags Morales, which is interesting. Ooh, wow! Who uh, draws big eyes? How long before Dixon's writing them all again? Hopefully soon. Yeah. Uh, really quickly, I just wanted to mention I took a chance on Backlash number one from DC. Uh, in the in the zeal for more Western comics, I, I I've been scared to do so because I got burned on a, on one from Marvel recently. <laughs> uh, not recently, a couple of years ago. But to me, it does recently. Um, this was actually really good. These the, the art is fantastic. It's from John Severin, who is a he's a legend. Uh, yeah. And a Walt Simonson cover, he, right? He's, he's, he's yeah. yeah. He's lost not a step. The art is just it's absolutely gorgeous. The art from John Severin. Um, and this is, while not as grisly and, re- and, and, and hardcore as Jonah Hex, it's also not, like, whitewashed either. It's somewhere in the middle, mm-hmm. where it's, it's sort of like a, a darker John Ford movie, um, in that it's it's not as, you don't think it's awful, like, what do you do when you read Jonah Hex, even though there's some awful things that happen, but it's it's, it's really just a very solid Western. If you like the comics, if you watch the Western show we did, and we're looking for more Westerns, Batlash, number one. Uh, one of six miniseries. Uh, Sergio Aragonis is one of the writers. He's co-writer with Peter Brandvold. Cool. And, so it's a little taste of maybe maybe the kind of skill he might bring to the spirit? Yeah. It's also kind of maybe even be a little bit spaghetti westernish. I don't know. Fun. <laughs> but it's fun. Really, really good. If you like westerns, check it out. Bad last number one. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I mean, was it, curious what you'd think. 
it was it was a it was a packed week, and it was you know yeah, it was. a ton of books. I mean, there are a ton of books we don't even have time to talk about. You know, like Nova and the second issue of the Zombies from Remender, and you know, and DMZ, and you know, like a bunch of books came out. But it was it was it was a it was a quality week. It was it was def- I was up really late reading Wednesday night, so <laughs> which is always a yeah. good thing. So, um, so all right, cool. Well, let's dive into the email. Um, our first e- our first email comes from Chris from St. Louis who writes in saying, after reading Ultimates 3, number 1, and Ultimate X-Men, number 88, he's disappointed in the Ultimate books. So he needs to ask us, what happened to the Ultimate books? Why are they very much like the 616 regular Marvel Universe right now? Why is Ultimate Spider-Man the only good one? (laughs) Uh, Good question. Old habits die hard? Yeah. I mean, basically they built up the Ultimate X-Men into an alternate version of the same problems they had with the regular X-Men. Feels like. Yeah. I think they. I think that you know what. You know what. You know what it is. Oh, Spider Man's really the only book that I've read where it really went to the core of the character, like they said they were going to. Whereas, they and he's been just reimagining Spider Man in a new world. Whereas the other books are just kind of let's make them cool. Well, I, you know what? I think they lost their way because I don't know what the point of the Ultimate Universe is anymore. Originally, I thought it was to bring in younger readers, and, but and the Ultimates is not that. Right. That that was the that yeah. I made that point earlier today. Actually, I was talking to somebody, and I was just like, you know, I was surprised that Ultimate Three went with the incest angle, and I was like, isn't this for kids? Like, I, oh, you know, no, it's been for kids since the lip service. They paid in a lunch. It's it's just for but, it's you know, people who don't want the continuity. They they were hoping to get other readers. It's the same thing they do with everything. It's, it's, but they just yeah. built a new continuity. So at this yeah. point, you know, eight years, five years on, whatever it is, they've just got it again. So now they Spider Man works because it's been. Basically self-contained. Brian yes. Bendis has written the entire thing, whereas Ultimate X-Men has had like four writers. Um, Basically, they're uh, going to try to build another universe out of it. They're going to have the same problem. Yeah. If they had a bunch of books that were on their own, then it, it might work, but then you don't have a universe. So I don't know. I, I, I liked Ultimate Iron Man. Yeah, and, um, and and people say good things about Ultimate Fantastic Four, which I haven't picked back up since since we since I dropped it with the Greg Land era. Um, so that's supposed also, to have been good, you know. And like the thing is that I didn't hate the Ultimates. Um, no, I was gonna say the yeah. you know what those read really really well in book form. Yeah. Like if you because if you read them in trades because I, I gave up on the issues because they came out too sporadically. But if you read them in trades, they're they're nice little graphic novels. They're fun and exciting. They're not overly deep, but you know they're beautiful. Um, and they're nice sort of reimaginings of the characters a little bit. You know, Ultimate X-Men is sort of like regular X-Men and has hits and misses, comes and goes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's rough. It's rough. I don't, I think it's been a success and a failure at the same time, if I could speak in double speak. You know, like, I I just think it's, I just think it's, they do what comes natural. (laughs) What was natural was they just built the Marvel Universe again. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, (laughs) uh, Tad from Los Angeles says uh, he wants us to be cruel as we examine the fanboy trait that we've discussed before. What comics are you buying, hoping that they'll get good again? Ron, anything besides the X-Men? If your answer is there isn't any, then is there a comic that you still buy even though the quality varies drastically? That's a great question. It really is. It's hard to gauge quality varying drastically because you don't know before you, you buy the book if you right, no, but, issue, but you but you get no but, yeah that, that's you're talking about one-offs so you, but you know there have been times where you're in a book that you know is slumping and you've got to make sure. the decision whether or not you're going to stick with it or not and, you know what i mean and and what is it that makes you stick with it versus not in the same way where i stuck with the x-men through all those years and all that kind of you know what i mean so um josh well i i don't know if i have any right now because i just got rid of a bunch of them 
I mean, I stopped reading The Flash because I was like, uh, that way you took it. it. You, damn, everyone's taking words out of my mouth tonight. That, that <laughs> well, was my exactly. I, I, the, the Flash is the one that I'm, I'm, that I'm hoping gets good again because I believe in the character and I love it. And I'll keep buying, but you know, right now it's not yeah. looking good. So no, I dropped The Flash. I stopped reading Justice League. I stopped reading Countdown. You stopped reading Justice Apparently. League. Yep. Why? That's been good. I don't know. I just, I just didn't care. Wow. That Con- Connor, that's been good, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Josh, you're out. Yeah, you're. Yeah, well, wow. If you, people send your resumes to contact at iFamily. Send us a demo. You have to be able to do voices. If I mean, putting aside all the Batman books, clearly I'll buy no matter what. Um, I, I keep. I'm also buying. I think I'm also sticking with Flash. Uh, for now, I find it too weird that Mark Wade can't seem to write Flash right now. Um, super, trying to buy the Superman books and. But I dropped those. I mean, there's, there's, besides the Batman books, there aren't really any that I continue to buy. <laughs> Batman oh. books are ones that I keep trying, and they keep not quite making me happy. Ooh, I got since one. Since I got one. Go um, Avengers: The Initiative. I keep I keep wanting that to be better than it is every week, and every week I'm a little more disappointed. So yeah. Well, are you guys going to buy Spider-Man books? I mean. Yeah, I'll buy yeah, it. I'll just, I'm definitely going to buy it. Yeah, the quality of, the, of the, the talent on it is undeniable. I would actually say the boys are almost there for me, although it's it's on an upward. It's getting better. Yeah. But but I've I've stuck with that one the whole damn time, hoping that it's going to turn into something I really like. You know what? The spirit was kind of like that for me because I thought the um, last couple, the the, la- the first like six were awesome, and I thought the last five were kind of okay, not great. Well, it doesn't really matter anymore, does it? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Our That's next true. email comes from Paul from Philadelphia. I got this one, Ron. This All is right. for you. All right. Uh, Paul from Philadelphia writes, I have an honest question. This is related to last week's Pick of the Week. Is it possible to talk about love for X-Men without having to apologize for it? Over the years, many, many X-Men-related books have been awarded Pick of the Week status, but it seems that every time it's either incredulous or a guilty pleasure or offered defensively. It actually shapes the review itself. Instead of focusing on the positive attributes of the book, the Pick of the Week writer spends time and energy justifying his choice, more so than with any other series. Should it be called X-Men the Inferiority Complex? I'm a Fairweather X-Men fan. I like Astonishing X-Factor and not much else, but I think it's unfortunate that the diehard fans still have to apologize for the books they're so passionate about. Now, now, and that it, it was a great. I mean, it's a great observation. And I mean, ideally, really, all those kind of disclosures. Whenever I write my reviews, those disclosures are there to keep Josh from saying anything before I get into the <laughs> review. And Paul, if you understood living with somebody like that who just is waiting to pounce on the on the bad quality of comics and stuff like that, you know where I'm coming from. It's really it's 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 scarring. No. <laughs> Um, You're no. talking about an older version of me, and that joke was still funny. He's in the, the room. Fact is, it's been so long. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the, but the thing is, that's that's part of it. Is that is that it's and we've talked about it before. Is that it's very easy to make fun of the X Men books because of a couple of different things: the the lack of quality in the in the nineties, the the stupid continuity uh, criticism, which I say I still say has no, carries no water. Um, you know, and it's and for whatever reason, it's kind of like. You know, the, the, as high as the X Men got in the '80s, it got as low in the '90s and in the 2000s. Whereas, well, you know what it is, though, know. really, yeah. is that a lot of people came on to comics in the '90s. A lot of the people yeah. we talked to on the website, people who write in, started reading in the '90s. They never read the '80s books, so they came into comics. All you hear about is the X Men. They read the X Men books, and they're god awful. Yeah. So their first exposure to the X Men was that horrible period, and so that's forever ingrained in their memory. They don't have the memory like you have of the '80s X Men. 
They right. have this, the nineties as being your first exposure. Your first exposure is always going to shape your perception of it. And part of that, and we'll and we'll get to this in a voicemail later on in the show. But but uh, part of it is that people you know have a hard time because they don't you know you got to recognize that like when I got into reading comics is that not only did I buy each issue that came out every week, but literally when I went to the store, I bought a current issue and then I bought a back issue. You know, and the the way people read have changed very much, and it's actually not. I don't think people are reading as far back as they used to. You know, does that make, if that makes sense? No. Yeah. I, well, it's because the, the continuity obsession. Well, right. also going back, it takes more now. There is yeah. more back. You exactly. know what I mean? Like, and no, but it's also going hard. ten it's years hard. back. They go ten years back now, but but it's harder to go back because back issues are either scarce to find or are or unaffordable. People don't know about or don't want essentials. You know what I mean? Like, it's 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 harder to go back in comics, I think, than it is to go than it is to jump on and go forward. And so I don't know, but but then we're getting away from the question. So the question is, is that yeah? I mean, like, as the X Men fan, it's like I before I start talking about it because I'm I'm anticipating a wall of 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 criticism just by picking it because it's just like oh it's too convoluted or blah 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 you know so um, but you're right we should uh, we should break that down and we should be proud so okay I'm gonna be proud I now do on. that when I pick a Bendis book yeah yeah because it's so I pick a Bendis book I start off with listen I know yeah. you've heard me say this before I think he's very good yeah you know? <laughs> so it's kind of like what you're saying a new, a new year's resolution oh, 2008 no more apologizing for all your picks. All right, cool. I'm down with that. So, Who's with me? I am. Josh? I don't. Uh, They'll never take your freedom. <laughs> all right, that's fine. Screw the French. If you have any more insightful questions, you can email us at contact.ifanboy.com. Netflix is over 75,000 titles. <laughs> they have no late fees, and they have free shipping both ways. Super fast delivery with plans starting as low as four ninety nine a month. If you want a two-week free trial, you go to www.netflix.com slash ifanboy, and they'll give you one. Just like that. I got two that came today. I was very excited. That's the best when you get two. They, That's awesome. They doubled up. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. It's my first non-Sorkin West Wing DVD. Anyway. <laughs> All right. On to the voicemail. Um, our, Here for a rough ride. Our first voicemail comes from across the pond. Hey, guys. This is um, Ian from England and the UK. My question is, um, I really want to start reading Uncanny X-Men, but uh, as I'm quite new to comics and... Uh, and all I've heard is nothing but, you, you know, you've got to be reading it right now. Um, my question is, is where do I sort of, like, start reading it? I've been reading Astonishing X-Men from issue one, uh, and that's only because a friend told me I could start that series, and as long as I had a basic knowledge of uh, the X-Men universe, I'd be fine. And he was right. But I'm kind of nervous about jumping in on, on a bigger series, as I feel like I'll get lost. I really want to read this book, because everyone says it's great. But my knowledge is very limited, and I'm quite new to comics, as I said. Uh, I almost feel kind of nervous to jump in on such a huge title if I won't know what's going on. So my question is, where do I jump on? I'm happy to start from back issues, as long as it's not from, you know, like someone says, two years ago, uh, or maybe trades or something. I I, I really don't know, but that's why I'm asking. I want to read this book, so where should I jump on? Um, Thanks very much, guys, and keep up the great work. Cheers. Bye. Ian, it's gonna be okay. It's gonna be. It's gonna be all right. They can't hurt you. They're just comics. It's it's funny. It's funny that you say that. It's funny that you say that because yeah, because my 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 response is just pick it up and start reading. You know, and like, and yeah. and if it grabs you, it grabs you, and like, and what I would have said ten years ago, or twenty years ago, is I would have said what I said earlier in the show was that. Pick up a book, pick up a back issue, or pick up an essentials, and and catch up at slowly over time. Part of the fun is unraveling. You don't know who somebody is. Go find out who they are. You know, and and now, and I've said it before, and you guys have have have, have 
uh, chastised me for it, but now I think the internet is a great tool. Go to Wikipedia, go to Comic Vine, go to all these other great sites that actually have the character histories and stuff like that, and you're like, oh, Dazzler, who's that? Go read about Dazzler. You know, like it's it's that, that's what I did. You know, it's it's part of fun. It's part of fun. So. So, well, I mean, the, I would guess if he really wants to read the Uncanny X-Men, he should not start in the middle of the side complex. He should wait till it's over. No, I don't, who gives a shit? Pick it up. It's exciting. You, 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 no, 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 no. No, yeah, don't no, why? you got to start somewhere. I picked, up, I picked up the X-Men literally on the, at the very beginning of the Extinction Agenda. I had no idea what was going on, and it was so much fun. Yeah, I actually started reading the very end of Inferno. Yeah, I'm telling and you. And it worked out fine. Just pick it up and go. That's the best it's thing. It's gonna you can take do. you a couple of months before you know what's going on. Yeah. You'll know if you're enjoying it. Hang in there. It'll be okay. So. Although if you're trying to compare it to astonishing, you might have a hard time. <laughs> on to our last voicemail. Hey, gentlemen, this is uh, Brian from Cincinnati. Uh, really appreciate the podcast. Keep up the good work. Uh, the question I have is regarding uh, online sort of comic book clearinghouses. Uh, I'd like to know what your opinion is uh, of that. Uh, I, I recently got back into comics uh, after taking a break of about five or six years. And, you know, the, I'm a grad student, and, and the money is tight, and it's so attractive to be able to purchase twice as much comics uh, for the same price as if you walk to your corner store. But then, of course, there are the pangs of guilt that are uh, uh, come along with that. I, I guess I'd like to hear your reflections on it. I, I feel a responsibility to, to the little guy and... and the owner of the store, but uh, I don't know. Well, anyway, thank you very much. We were just talking about this the other day, and this is a rough question because uh, a part of me says support your local comic book store, but then a part of me says the deals online are really good. This is the Walmart question. Yeah, it is. Sort of, except for – Look, the, uh, the economy sucks, and, and people don't have money. I don't begrudge anybody for finding the best deal they can possibly find. Yeah, I mean ultimately, I ultimately you got uh, – the problem with capitalism, and now we're going to get to a little philosophy here. The problem with capitalism that ultimately the, the, the best price is going to win, and you're going you're gonna to pay for what you can, and the little guy's going to lose. I mean that's the problem with it, you know, and, and you know, it sucks. So I like to spread the wealth. Yeah, I, I do the myself. same thing. Yeah. I mean I go and I buy you know, 20, 30, 40 bucks worth of comics at the local shop every single week so i don't feel so bad when i don't tend to buy my trades from them yeah yeah you no know, I'm, I'm give i give the comic shop enough money i think sometimes <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean the other thing is you know when you're talking about uh, the big places on the web it's not like they're giant hulking businesses they're just you know the, the, that's, and that's slightly the, bigger comic shops well and that's the thing is that they're not there and even even looking at some of the major comic retailers out there I mean, mm-hmm. some of them are online as well, so they're they're evolving their business to stay competitive. And mm-hmm. ultimately, they're you know people online are small businesses too. You know, so it's yeah. it's really you know like the difference between online and offline is really d- no different than the store uptown versus downtown. You know, so. but you know the difference being if you if you want to make sure that you've always got access to a comic shop in your town, you may want to support that guy. Yeah. You know, because you want him to stay open, or or if you know you're worried about kids not being able to get comics, you know, you want those stores to be open so that they don't, you know, kids are online. Well, if, if you know, altruistically in some sort of idealistic way that doesn't exist, then that's a thought, <laughs> and that's a lovely world. Just, just in reality, and buy them from the online. Have you had the, Have you had the awkward conversation with your retailer where you mention a book and he knows you didn't buy it from him? No, I don't talk. No, to him. what I have, oh. what I have is the hey, do you have this book? No, no, I can order it for you. No, that's all right. 
<laughs> I have that all I, the time. I did that all Yeah, the time. I did that last week, yeah. actually. Oh, God. It was on the aforementioned Lobster Johnson issue. Nice. <laughs> I, can get, I can get it for you next week. Yeah. That's okay. There's eight other comic shops on my walk. And you did get it the next week. <laughs> I did. Irony. I didn't need it right away. But um, so okay. Yeah. So if you have any que- if you have any uh, questions or you want to share your guilt about your your comic shopping needs, you can call us at eight 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 fanboys. That's eight 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 three two six two six nine seven. Wrap it up. All right, boys. So we've been talking the past couple of weeks, and we want to thank everybody who's filled out our survey. If you haven't, you can go to ifanboy.com forward slash survey. Um, we really appreciate. It. We've gotten a tremendous response, but I got to be honest, I'm a little disappointed. Do, do you guys know why I'm yeah. disappointed? Because the girls aren't representing. Uh, I'll be honest with you. Yeah. We're, Maybe there are only twelve. I don't. I know for a fact there are more than twelve. So, <laughs> yes. so women, if you're listening to the podcast, go fill out the survey, please. Thank you. That's all. Ifanboy. dot com forward slash survey. Right, right. There will be <laughs> for those of you in the New York Metro tri-state area on the twenty eighth of December uh, at eight p.m. That's Friday night after Christmas. There's the live holiday show from uh, Jim Hanley's Universe uh, in Midtown Manhattan on. Uh, 33rd between 5th and 6th why would you not want to be there it's a fun time uh then we're going to go out afterwards have a little party time uh information about that show and then the survey are available on ifanboy.com at the top in a big red post um if you want to know more about that but you should come out it's fun there it'll it'll definitely be worth your while so uh if you are still inclined to celebrate the holidays uh, they're quickly approaching as Josh is, is finding out as much as his heart. Where'd that happen? Um, and if, you, if you wanted to shop, you can go to ifanboy.com slash store, and that'll take you to our um, comic book picks from each video show. It'll also take you to our all-media recommendations. It'll also take you to a link, uh, a little search button. that will take you to Amazon, and you can help the show out by uh, going through Amazon, as many people do the, uh, these days, to through iFanboy, giving us a little, little, little help action there. So. so what we're saying is if you're buying stuff from Amazon, you could go there through us and help the show out without doing anything. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't cost you a penny more. iFanboy.com slash store. And actually, just to jump in quickly, if you need some recommendations, you should watch the video show that came out uh, a couple of days ago. Um, yes. That's all dedicated to your holiday shopping needs. Um, so if you go to iFanboy.com, that should that should be there. It's also at revision3.com forward slash iFanboy. And next week we got a little show about comics and music, but you want to look at your holiday shopping one that came out two days ago. So check that out. Yes. So, right, uh, and you would go to iFanboy.com to see that, among many other things. We have the Pick of the Week review. Um, we got uh, we got the sh- all the shows go up there, and then other blog posts stuff we're talking about the new uh, mailbag feature. Yes, yes. Every week, huh? Yeah. So, so there's Exciting. there's that we where we where we we have so much mail we can't just do it on the show, so we've moved some of it to the website. So check that out. Yes, yeah, so if you're listening, you write us in. You don't hear us answer your mail. We don't write back to you directly. Uh, there's a good chance for us talking about it on the website. Um, Ron, apparently your your enticement of a prize pack for the Jinx.com slash iFanboy t-shirt Christmas card uh, is not, not as enticing as it could be, so I think you need to add to the pot. Did not yield any results. So, folks, you need, no to, go, results. You need to go to Jinx.com forward slash iFanboy, get a t-shirt, get your friends a t-shirt, and take a holiday picture wearing the iFanboy t-shirt with your family. Send us in the picture. You are going to get such a freaking awesome prize pack. You don't even know about it. In so, fact, we don't even know about it yet. Exactly. That's not the problem. But I'm, get, I'm getting the prize pack sponsored. That's all I'm going to say. It's going to be Here's sponsored. Here's what I'm saying to you. You've got a relative out there, and that person needs to know what to get you, but they don't want to spend that much money on you. All you got to do is say, just give me one of these T-shirts. Yep. 
And it's nice you, and easy for everybody involved. If, then then you got a chance at the prize pack. If you have the T-shirt, then just get in front of the goddamn Christmas tree of the menorah. <laughs> get your dad in his favorite holiday sweater. Get sister to take a picture of you guys, and that's all I need. I just want to see you and someone in your family in a holiday-themed fo- pose. That's all I want. People have bought the shirts. I know. We've all got a digital camera. Right. Exactly. Holiday photos in the iFanboy t-shirts. Just turn it into the Hurlicky boy. (laughs) Let's just take the picture. (laughs) Let me wear your shirt. um, Just let me wear your shirt. uh, (laughs) So go to jinx.com forward slash iFanboy. Get your t-shirts there. What is with like late 90s, late mid 90s (laughs) Saturday Live live references? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. That is weird. Why would we do that? I'm just (laughs) I'm just a caveman. I don't understand your podcast. That's, that's, that's late '80s. That's yeah, early '90s, late '80s. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's late. That's the '90s. That's uh, that's Phil Hartman. Yeah. Anyway, 90s. so if you want to tell us more about Saturday Night Live, uh, you could write us a contact at ifanboy.com. There's myriad ways we could write back to you, um, or you could say, leave us a voicemail, as many have at eight 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 fanboys, which is three two six two six nine seven. Any kind of questions, discussion, comments, things you want to talk about. If you want to leave a voicemail, though, remember. Keep it kind of short because if you're talking forever, we're so not going to play it on the show. Yeah, and this is just going on way too long, so I'm going to wrap this up very quickly. Social networking, we're there. Go find us. You'll find us there. We can be friends. Fantastic. You, you download the podcast from iTunes. Leave a review. We really appreciate it. And if you like the show, go to ifanboy.com forward slash donations. Leave us a donation. We really appreciate it. We love you. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Good night. Yeah. <laughs> it's the season for my wang. <laughs> I'm just doing someone else's act now. That's not even clever. <laughs> or, or the first time you've done that. <laughs> I have no shame. I sink low. At least you moved off from John Stewart. Yeah. <laughs>